0: Happy Monday and welcome to another magical Monday with the Question Performance Mindset Podcast. If this is the very first episode that you're listening to, make sure you press the follow button so you don't miss out on any of my future episodes. And today I have an interview for you guys. It's an interview with my fellow event writer and pep member, San. San is one of our most dedicated members inside of the pep program and she's showing up and actively participating in almost every single call. She's a true doer and has competed up to two-star, nowadays three-star, in the venting. And apart from this, she also runs her own business as a shiatsu and emotion code practitioner. And I can't wait to share with you this really, really cool interview with her. Let's dive in. welcome to the show San. i'm super super excited to have you on the podcast please tell all the listeners who you are your journey journey with horses and what got you into mindset performance let's uh let's hear it all uh,
1: uh thank you i'm very excited to be here totally out of my comfort zone um, <laughs> but uh, like <laughs> ready to share it all i started with horses at a Quite a later age because uh, my parents had nothing to do with horses whatsoever, um, and then um, I went to a horse riding school in Holland, um, and I did some internships with Karin Donkers uh, in the United States, and then uh, at another eventing barn in uh, Holland, and so I got thrown in uh, into the sport uh, from the beginning, and it's actually Karin that made me made me fall in love with. Uh, the eventing sport, um, and ever since I'm completely passionate about uh, eventing. I love that. I actually didn't know that. So you only started eventing once you got to Karin's place. Yeah. So I was almost twenty years old when I started eventing. Wow.
0: Yeah. Me, me too, actually. But but yeah, I did start before I got to Karin. So so what you got to Karin? Do you want to tell us about that? You got to Karin and uh, you had no idea what to expect, and then all of a sudden you were out riding, riding eventing. Do you want to tell us about that?
1: Yeah, so I I was at another stable for an internship and it turned out very bad. I was not happy there, and so my the guy from school um, picked me up there because my parents already complained and I complained a few times. So they picked me up there and they said we found uh, another barn that was at Karim. and I immediately felt that I had to prove myself because I was the intern that came from another barn where she was where she was not happy. So I assumed that everybody would think that I sucked. <laughs> So I felt like I had to prove myself um, and work very hard and whatever. And I think everybody appreciated it. And Karine gave me a cross-country training uh, as a gift when I left. So after my 6 months internship, she, she said, I'll take you uh, for cross-country training. And that was so much fun. <laughs> I still remember the first wall I had to jump. It was like a brick wall. Okay, it was 30 centimeters high. But in my head, <laughs> I jumped a brick wall. It's crazy. <laughs> Uh, yeah and then I started and I still remember my very first show I was not working at Karina anymore at that time but I said like okay I, I know how to do it now I had a lesson from Karina. I will uh, subscribe for my first show and I arrived there and I saw everybody with a body protector and I'm like oh is it mandatory I don't even have a body <laughs> protector so I had to borrow it from somebody and then oh you have to do a dressage test as well uh, okay can somebody read me what I have to do I was totally unprepared but yeah, I loved the eventing, so I was um, very sure that I was going to do it. I love that talking about this, like
0: diving straight in and just yep. like take action. We'll see what happens. I felt that that was a bit like when I asked you to come on this show as well. You were just like, "Yeah, like that is a total step outside of my comfort zone." Like asked me one week ago. I'm not sure I would want it to come, but yeah, I'm all about taking action, pushing my comfort zone. So here we go. We dive right in, and you booked in to record this like the day after. I I love it. Yep. <laughs> Exactly. So, is that something that you have in like other aspects of your life as well, where you just like dive right in and just go for it head first and we'll see what happens?
1: It depends. I'm either thinking about it for five years or I dive right in. Um yeah, it's one of both, very extreme on both ways. <laughs> I love it.
0: So uh, so tell us, so you had this horse, you were at Tenin's place, you got that lesson, you started the Where did things go from there?
1: Uh, that was another horse I had at that point. Um, and then I started eventing. I went to this eventing barn in Holland where I went up the levels. And then I realized that that horse was not a good fit anymore. She was the nicest horse in the world. A little bit like you have with your uh, Celeste, I think. So mm-hmm. she's the nicest horse in the world, but she's not going to take me to the higher levels. Mm-hmm. So I got rid of that one and I had to buy a new one. And there was a horse for sale not from Karin but at Karin's stable, and I kind of liked that one and Karin said "Mm, don't do it son it's not a good idea he's too difficult for you he's is really a handful you're not gonna make it Mm -hmm. with that one but I was a little too stubborn so I bought the horse without even trying him Um, (laughs) my yeah because I was in Holland so my parents picked him up and brought him to the stable in Holland where I was and he was a a real handful and i'm pretty sure if it was not at the horse riding school where i had lessons every single day i wouldn't have made it that far i mean it was a really difficult horse in the beginning
0: mm-hmm. and it was the easiest one at the end but um so what made so you uh, like, so when Karin is saying like don't buy this horse what 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 made you still go for it without trying him
1: i don't know the the Um, owner of the horse I know her as well she said yeah yeah you'll be fine you'll be fine and um, the barn where where I was working they said yeah but you know you will have lessons every day at school so everybody will help you Uh, and everybody did and I think that's that was the big luck I had because yeah I I, there was a lot of tears in the first weeks and months and uh, we had a hard time
0: Okay. But you, you'd say that it was basically like being surrounded with, by the right kind of people. Yeah. That's sort of what made it. All right. So how far did you take it with that horse then? It was at that time
1: two-star level, uh, two star level, but it's now mm-hmm. the three-star level. Yeah. Um, and actually, when I left the barn in Holland, I didn't leave there in a very nice atmosphere. And the guy said, you will never be able to ride international. And I said, well, I'll prove you wrong. <laughs> so I kept on taking lessons and going to horse shows. And I made it to my first one-star level and then first two-star level. And I was um, very happy. I had the most amazing eventing horse. It was not very easy in uh, dressage, neither in show jumping. Um, Karin told me, you have to ride to every fence as if he's going to stop. You You can never trust this horse. And that was the case in show jumping, but in eventing or in cross country, yeah. it was the nicest horse, the
0: easiest one. Yeah, that's amazing it feels like it's sort of like a common theme when someone tells you like son you will not be able to do it you're just like i'm gonna prove you wrong watch me (laughs) i love it yeah all right
1: i've done that before i i ran the 20 kilometers of brussels without training because my mom said i was never going to be able to do it so i said wait i need to find some shoes that might fit it and then i started running the 20 kilometers on shoes that i've never worn before but okay we'll see and I i Took me a very long time, but I did it. Yeah. Never tell me I can't do something. <laughs> I'll and prove the, you wrong.
0: That, this is becoming dangerous. You do realize that because yeah. people are going to hear <laughs> this, they're going to have your Instagram details. They're going to be able to get in touch with you, give you all kinds of challenges. Just putting it out there, speaking yeah. from experience. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a good thing, right? Um, right. So you had this horse. You got it to to then two star now three star. And then what happened? And um,
1: then he got in injured and then I had to build him up again and he was 14 years old I think at that time um, and I was scared to get him back to the bigger levels mm-hmm. because I was always scared to get back into that injury so I decided to sell him and he now is still doing eventing but in a very lower level at the B level with an old man mm-hmm. uh, he's having the best life so yeah oh, I'm very amazing. happy. Because he loves cross country. So I'm very happy that he found an owner who still Mm -hmm. takes him out and lets him enjoy himself. Uh,
0: Yeah. 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 That's the best thing. Like if you can't pursue like your goals and dreams with the horse, that's just the best thing to be able to see them move on with someone else and make someone else happy, isn't it? And then I decided
1: not to ride anymore for by the time I was, we were uh, remodeling our, our house and I said, okay, no more horses. First the house. And then Corona came and we were home and my boyfriend was like, you really miss it, don't you? And I'm like, Aww. oh, yeah, kind of. But, you know, I said, no more horses, first the house, then the horses. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, 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 this is not going to work. <laughs> we're going to buy a horse for you. <laughs> um, so we went out and bought another horse. Um, it was actually a, a broodmare. And I thought, OK, let's just have her in the field for the foals that we had, because we had also two foals that didn't mm-hmm. have a
0: mom.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I really felt the need to jump on her um so I started
0: writing that one with a lot of uh, issues <laughs> so when you bought it, was it at all the idea to go eventing with her or was it more like she's just nice to have as a broodmare
1: I think that's something in the back of my mind <laughs> was already thinking about it but the main thing was to have her as a broodmare for the falls mm-hmm. but I did look at the papers when I because there were several horses there. And I did look at all of them, check the papers. And then I asked the owner, "Um, do you think I can ride her? And she said, oh, if you really want to ride eventing, that one would be the most suitable. And I'm like, "Okay, well, let's take that one. (laughs) So yeah, something was already playing in the back of my mind, but it was not Mm -hmm. the main goal of the horse. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So how long did it then take before you actually started to ride this horse?
1: Uh, she came on the eighth of May, and I sat on her for the first time in July, and that was because she was she did not want to go in the lorry, like it, we stand in front of the lorry for eight hours, and she was oh still God. not in there. She's yeah. a real chestnut mare, um, so if we didn't have that issue, I would have been on her way faster. Yeah, I think the week. The first week she was there, I already put my saddle on and yeah, like yeah. hang on
0: her in the, in the field. Yeah. Couldn't resist. So she wasn't actually saddle broken when you got her.
1: Yeah, she was, but she was six and she was saddle broken when she was four. Oh, okay. And then they threw her out in the field. So, so actually she didn't know a lot, but she was mm-hmm. saddle broken. Yeah. But no experience at all. Yeah.
0: All right. And where did things go from there? So you started going to this the, this place where you could ride her.
1: Yeah, and then he rode her for, for me for the first time because mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, she was not very experienced, and for me it was a long time since I rode young horses. So I asked somebody else to ride her first, but she was so nice that I said, "Okay, let's hop on immediately," and that went quite well. But then in the winter time, um, she started having uh, bacterial infections. Um, I broke my ribs because she threw me off uh, once, and yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so all kinds of um, issues. Uh, They are also in my yard at home and there was a lot of mud because of the rain that made everything a lot harder Um, and then I have no idea what happened but all of a sudden I got scared to to get back on because she was really becoming like a monster in my eyes. Uh, I thought that she was really dangerous and I had a very hard time getting back on. Like I would ask people to hold her on the lunch line. And then when we finally were ready, I was like, you know what? Maybe I won't do it today. Let's make another appointment for next week or something. I found all types of excuses not to get on. And then you started talking to me on Instagram.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I, I love that you talk about this because there's so many people out there who feel the same way. Right. When And you say you make up those excuses. It's like, I'll do it later. Let's do it tomorrow. And then you just like keep on moving. That deadline It's like, yeah, maybe next week. But really, it's all just bullshit. Right. Because there's no such thing is a perfect time to hop on. It's just really to, to grabbing the bull by the horns and, and just go for it. And so... also
1: never admitting that you're scared. Always saying, mm-hmm. yeah, but you know, there is a lot of wind or it's raining or mm-hmm. it looks like she doesn't feel well or all kinds of excuses, but it's not me. You know, I'm, I'm not scared. I'm not going to admit that I'm scared.
0: I love that. I love what you just said that. Yeah, just, just yeah, we're protecting our own ego, right? Because yep. to say, actually, I'm scared... That's a big thing for someone our age, especially you know, if you've been out riding, eventing, and and I'm guessing there was some part of you where we are like, oh, what well, are other people going to think? I can't say I'm scared of yep. my horse. Yeah. So when did you realize actually that that was just like those excuses were just a way of covering up those fears of yours?
1: I knew it for uh, from the beginning because I knew that I was scared. Mm-hmm. I really felt scared, but I was scared to show it to other people. I mean, mm-hmm. what will everybody think? And I remember I, uh, my parents took me to horse riding lessons from from age six, I think. Mm-hmm. But I never followed the entire lesson. I always asked for the nicest horse. I got the nicest horse. And then as soon as they started trotting or cantering, I was standing in the middle of the arena crying because I was scared. But I wanted to go back every week, but, but I was scared. So I, I'm kind of a scared rider from, well, not anymore. But I was a scared rider from the beginning. I've always mm-hmm. had this little fear but I never admitted it to anyone.
0: I think that's amazing. Coming from someone who has written, written nowadays three stars and being able to say, I'm actually a scared writer. I don't know, somehow with me that is like, what? Is that even possible? How can someone that is a scared writer being able to write three star? But I think that is really nice to hear because a lot of people, it's like you make a sort of black and white. There are people that are brave and they go out and ride cross country. And then there are people that are not brave and they don't get on their horses you know but it's it's like everyone has fears it's like everyone have whatever they are dealing with or or which level they are at but everyone has it but and I think it's more about finding ways to deal with it
1: yeah and I think with my previous horse I was scared for the reactions of everyone, if I would say I'm scared. Mm -hmm. And I still wanted to prove that I was able to ride on an international level. Mm -hmm. So every cross country course that I was walking, I was thinking, oh, this is so scary. Oh, this fence, but I was talking to everyone, oh, piece of cake, my horse can do this. (laughs) Um, And I I just did it. And at the end I was like, you know, see, I I have the best horse and everything went fine. But Mm -hmm. deep inside I was dying every single time before every single course I was dying inside.
0: But I didn't show it. <laughs> yeah, and I think that is amazing for you to be able to sit here and say that, and just say, "Look, actually, on the inside, I was breaking." Because I think there's a lot of people who feel like that, but you're just not brave enough to actually say that. So yeah, thank you for. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I think you speak for a lot of writers when when you actually dare to speak that out. Brilliant. I hope so, and I hope that they all find the courage to
1: admit that they are scared and let somebody mm-hmm. help them. Like you, for instance, because you helped me over a lot of fear.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but it changes your life if you get over that fear, or if you know how you don't get really over the fear, you know mm-hmm. how to deal with the fear and not exactly. just covering it, it up by being brave and laughing it away, but like really managing your emotions and your actions when you're scared.
0: Yeah, exactly. Could, I couldn't have said it any better. It's, it's like you say, it's like you don't really get over it you just learn to deal with it you find a way past it where you can still function and still do the fun part and and that you know the fear is still there but it's not really impacting so how would you say like because you say like obviously yeah we started working together and you were first like you were one-on-one clients of me then you were in the pet program like what is what do you feel has like which tools have you gained that helped you sort of through those fears so for me i think that's
1: Uh, self-awareness like really realizing what you're feeling and what you're thinking because most of the time you're just acting on autopilot and for instance for me when I was going out eventing I had fear so I had to laugh it away and be brave Mm -hmm. and like oh I have a nice horse and I can do this Mm -hmm. um but I I wasn't really aware of that fear at that moment and now I can really I realize okay this is fear what can I do about it how do how do I think? What questions do I ask myself? What, yeah, how do I act with that feeling? And Mm -hmm. not just laugh it away or whatever, like really be self aware. Also, you know, the things like I have to and I need to and all those words, I'm very Mm -hmm. aware of everything that I'm thinking and doing throughout the day.
0: That made for the biggest change for me. Yeah, I think that's great. what you're saying that just like calling it out is being like, okay, this is a fear. That's great, because I actually know how to deal with fears. And here's how. So then you can actually, once you know what the challenge is, what then you can actually do something about it. I, I feel like a lot of the time when people come to me, like they don't really know what the problem is. They're just like, it's not working but i don't know why and then you know a lot of the time it is a fear like i'd say 90% of the time it's some kind of fear that's holding people back they just don't know it yet yeah. um but it's only once you can get to that really specific like this is my problem i am actually afraid of getting on my horse and then you can dive even deeper to that because then you can be like okay well why is that and what how, what's caused that but it's really important to be specific about like what is the challenge here before because if you don't know that you can't do anything about it so i love that you you, you mentioning that like awareness and you ask all those annoying questions during those (laughs) one-on-one calls
1: (laughs) that made me aware of those things and I came to a point now where I'm mostly self-aware but sometimes I'm I'm in a situation I'm like okay pretend Jocelyn is here what would she ask me (laughs) what would I do you're very annoying but you do help
0: (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. That that's the thing, and it's it's really just to because this can be quite confronting, and I'm guessing that's what you mean when you say annoying. It can be quite yeah. f- confronting when you actually are ask those questions, and you really need to dig deep, and you really have to like go into the depths of yourself and be like, shit, like this is really what's going on, and then yeah, that can be quite tough. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping I've been there for you though. When yeah, yeah so. sure, sure. <laughs> but
1: I, I'm just saying during those calls, especially the first ones where you were going deep and I was like I don't even know her and she's go she's yeah. putting me naked in front of the camera like really yeah going deep mm.
0: that's but not that always-,
1: always nice but it does help on the long term <laughs> yeah
0: yeah and and I gotta say you were also like really brave because a lot of people they take like quite a long time before they actually dare to open up like you'll get that sort of I don't know, like that's the that I always say when people say, I don't know, that means that they're just like putting up that wall to just protect themselves. And that's normal, right? Because who, yeah, if you have just met a person, like, it's not that easy to just speak up and your truths and your honesty and all this kind of stuff that's been simmering for years. Um, But I do but think you were really, you opened up quickly. So, <laughs> but I also think
1: for everyone listening,
0: the mm-hmm. fact that you pay for it, yeah, makes
1: it different. Like if a friend asks you questions and you're like, I don't know, I don't know. OK, mm-hmm. and you move on. But with you, I mean, you're like, OK, but I really need to go deeper because I paid for this and I want to get something out of it. Yeah. If I keep saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, at the end of this, I don't remember how many weeks it was, but at the end of the the term, I will mm-hmm. still be the same person and I would have just thrown my money away. So you really need to
0: open up. Yeah. Yeah, and I love what you mentioned. There is something at stake, right? And you, you've invested in it, and, and you know you got to make sure. And I always think people choose themselves, right? But the people that really are like, I'm gonna dive straight in, and I'm gonna make sure I get something out of it. Those are also the kind of people that get something out of coaching, like group coaching, one-on-one coaching, whatever it is. Or if you just take a course, it doesn't really matter. But if you really decide that I paid for this, and I'm gonna make sure I get my money's worth, those are also the people that are really getting something out of it. So, yeah, you get yeah. definitely
1: double of the amount that you paid but Mm -hmm. you can also just throw the money away if you don't do anything with it.
0: Absolutely. You can, you can go into one of those programs and say, I don't know for, I don't know how long. And then you're going to be at the exact same point you were when you started. Right. That's uh, yeah. love it. Uh, Something else that you touched upon that I would love to to, to explain a little bit as well, because I know this has been a game changer for you. You talked about the words that you use. Do you want to explain that to to everyone who's listening?
1: Yeah. And that is a, major game changer for me <laughs> um because my little voice is always there well i think everybody has this little voice i'm not crazy <laughs> everybody a yes. little voice that keeps many talking of them, to them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah
1: and that little voice is always saying things like you can't do this or you still have to do this are you sure you want to be there because you still have to do this and
0: mm-hmm.
1: it changes so much if you can switch that voice into something positive and or like talk to that voice if she's saying are you sure you can do this like Mm -hmm. yeah talk to that person and prove her wrong Um, really think about all the words you use and and change them and use the opposite words in most most areas of life you just need to use the opposite word Um, and things are so much nicer I still remember saying to you, yeah, but I still have to clean my stables tonight. And you're like, do you have to or do you want to? And I was like, yeah, I have to. I mean, I cannot put my horses in dirty stables. Yeah, so you want to because you don't want to put your horse in a mm-hmm. dirty stable. And if I say I want to clean my stables, it sounds like so much more fun yeah, it does. than if you say oh, I have to clean my stables. Yeah, it changes the world to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does.
1: And I use I still use that with. Lots of my clients that come here, I have a lot of burnout clients, they mm-hmm. say, yeah, but I have to do this and I have to that. And I say, you don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. Everything you do in life, you want to do it. There's mm-hmm. always a reason why you would want to do it. Mm-hmm. And if you really can't find a reason, then just don't do it.
0: Exactly. If Exactly. J- just that. If, if you feel like there's no reason why you would want to be doing something, yeah, then ask yourself, why, why should you? Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Now seeing you just referring to your clients, we gotta tell people as well what what is it that you do exactly? Because I think that's so interesting.
1: Um it's it's more mostly energetic work. So it's Mm -hmm. it's uh it started with chiatsu and it's growing with all kinds of holistic therapies on humans and horses.
0: So for people who don't know holistic stuff, like can you explain a little bit like as if I was five years old, like what what it is that you do?
1: It's actually very easy. Everything is energy Mm -hmm. um and energy can get blocked or get get lost or you can have too much energy in certain areas of your body Mm -hmm. and what i try to do is like rebalance the energy and put your mind and body back into balance um, so it can heal itself if you have any small issues like back pain or stomach pain or burnouts or whatever i can put your body back into balance so it can heal itself
0: that is, yeah, that is so cool. And I think like the more you get into this kind of stuff, like mindset, I, I'm coming from like the mindset side, obviously, but then you sort of, yeah, and people call it woo-woo. But the more you get into this and you understand that there's something lying behind that the subconscious mind and, and, and you know, just more to the feeling space, you can feel in a certain moon. And why is that? I think it's it's like, yeah, so many people say, I don't believe in that. But I'm like, it's not because you don't get something and understand how it works, that it it's not real, right? It's I think it's... And it's it's funny because a lot of emotions are related to certain physical issues
1: and you can like have people with stomach issues and then I can say, oh, um, do you have a hard time setting boundaries? And they're like, oh yeah, how do you know? Well, yeah, you have stomach pain, of course. I mean, (laughs) everything is related. But the thing is with people, they can really lay on your table and say like, I don't feel anything. Try me. I don't feel anything. I don't know what you're doing. You're just putting your hands there and I don't feel anything. But with horses, you see the effect mm-hmm. immediately. Like you touch the horse and you see the horse reacting. They cannot lie, they cannot fight mm-hmm. against it. Um, so I think for people who don't believe it, just ask me to come and take care of your horse and you will see what it does and then try it for yourself afterwards.
0: I love this. I love that. Like you say, they can't lie and you'll see the effects. And I, I think, you know, when you talk about people that come and lie on your table and they're just like, I don't feel anything. I feel like that's the people coming to me and give me the answer. I don't know for like six months. Like that's, you can't, because it's just like, those people don't believe that it's actually a thing that it can work and that it's something to it. And then if you never give it a chance, if you never open up, you're never going to see the results from it. Um, and, and yeah, I think it's so cool that you do it with horses as well. Like, so do you want to explain a bit, like when you do it with horses, what that look like? Well,
1: I started with the horses mm-hmm. um, because I, I wanted to find a job into horses, but mm-hmm. I'm not the best rider to really earn my money with riding. Um, and I found this course online and it was like 35 euros because it was a promotion. And I thought, you know, 35 euros, if it's nothing, it's not really a big <laughs> uh, investment. Um, and I tried it. It was an online course and then I tried it on my horse. It was just a basic massage. Yeah. And I really saw him reacting. I'm like, I need to follow this course. And so then I started the, the three-year um course for the Shiatsu mm-hmm. um, and so basically I just go to your horse and find the energetic pain points and yeah. mostly when I say to an owner I feel this and this does your horse act like this or does he has a, I don't know does he cough sometimes or whatever they're like oh yeah yeah that's true um, and then I I just it's sort of a massage and really feeling with my hands and pushing on different points yeah. uh, that makes the difference.
0: So so two things. I got two questions for us. First of all, I was curious, like which kind of challenges like if people have challenges with their horses, from for which kind of things can they come to you? That's the first question.
1: Almost everything. Um I'm not a, an osteopath, so I'm I'm not um how do you say it? I don't know how you say that in English, cracker? Like really manipulating the bones. I don't do that. cracking that it's yeah. really cracking bones and know. then <laughs> yeah i don't manipulate boats uh, i just uh it's, it's really a massage and i'm not saying that you need to skip all kinds of therapists and vets and whatever you really need a vet and you really need mm-hmm. an osteopath and you need all of them
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, but i think that i can be a very good help and like um, make sure your horse get gets more results of it like mm-hmm. It's this, I I always tell it it's the same with people. If you have cancer, I'm not gonna heal your cancer, mm-hmm. but I can make your body open up so the the chemotherapy will, will work. work faster mm-hmm. and better. So actually, it helps for everything. It's it just brings your body in so much balance that it can heal itself. So everything you do will get easier after a treatment. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense.
0: And the second question I had. Is there anything that people can do? Is there any like small tip that you can give to people? If people want to get into this, is there like something they could try? Like that tip that you got, like is there something they can try with their horses if they want to test this out?
1: Um, Yeah, what I always ask people when I go there is just look at your horse and lay your hands on your horse wherever you feel that you have to lay your hands. Just follow your intuition and put your hands somewhere on that horse and you will see a reaction but don't think about it like really get out of your head and just mm-hmm. follow your intuition because if you think ah, i know she's hurt at her shoulder maybe i should put my hand on no just feel where do i want to lay my hands and just put your hands on the horse and wait and you will see something happen
0: i think that i, I get goosebumps when you talk about this. <laughs> it. but it's it's and it's like it's such a simple thing but that's also like a lot of times the simplest things that are the most efficient things like just yeah. Look at your horse. How often do we do that? Like I I'm I'm the, I'm I would be the same way myself. Like, you know, I'd have a problem with a bit or whatever, and I'll be like, oh, I'll try to pull them and steer them in all kinds of direction. But actually just standing there and taking some time and looking at my horse, how it's standing, how it like I don't know, how it looks like mood-wise or whatever. How often do you do that? Like never. Like I, I you can wouldn't... really see
1: emotion. On a horse. I can sometimes look at my horse and think, oh, she looks sad. And then I start feeling and I'm like, oh yeah, she's sad. Something happened. I don't know. Maybe she saw a bird falling out of a tree and it made her sad. I have no clue, but she's sad for something. And just giving her a big hug can help. It's ridiculous, but it does. And there's one thing I all I want to say to everyone. There are no naughty horses. Like really naughty, Mm. they want to kill you horses don't exist. There's always something wrong. And if you can find it through the traditional medicine, maybe have somebody else look at them who can look a little deeper. Maybe it's something emotional that's stuck.
0: Yeah.
1: Don't give up on horses without trying everything first.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. And it makes sense, right? It's so easy to say, of course, they have emotions. Like, just like we have emotions. Of course they do. Like, but it's easy, I think, also to not think about that and almost treat them like machines where you go to a competition and you have all this going on in your head and you expect the horse to just be there showing up 100% just because like, it's a horse. But you, like, you almost treat it like a machine in that sense. And they aren't, right? They also have feelings and like good days and bad days and, and yeah, everything in between, I'd say. So, yeah, I, I love that I love what you just said and I think it's uh I'm definitely gonna pay start paying more attention to yeah like you say how do they look like and and there was something I heard actually from someone else a while back as well that if you have that connection with a horse that they feel that you love them and you respect them and you trust them they're gonna show up way more for you so that you know a lot of riders we have this one horse and we were like oh I, I love this horse and I respect it and I trust it. Like I have this with Queenie, my mare right now. And, and you know, this guy told me like, yeah, I think she's, she's doing all this for you because you really trust her. And she feels that. And she she's, you, you trust her to go in and do the job and she's special to you. While well, there's other people who maybe not have that and they keep on getting poles and they keep on doing this because they don't have that connection with the horse. And, and therefore they feel that and they are not like, they don't, they feel that the riders don't trust them hundred percent and also they don't do the job. I don't know, it was and just something I that, heard.
1: You need that connection from deep inside because yeah. I had my horse and I really liked her and I came a long way, but every time I wanted to give her a shiatsu treatment, she started kicking but really kicking towards me, like leaves me alone and putting her ears yeah. back. But I was really thinking, okay, she does this and this and this in riding, So it must be that point. So I'm going straight to that point. And a few weeks ago, I was like, I'm doing something wrong because she's always biting and kicking and okay. I'm doing something wrong. So now I need to use my feeling as well with my own horse and get out of my head and just yeah. purely work on my intuition. And mm-hmm. I, gave her the last few weeks the best treatments ever. She stops kicking, she stops biting. I can bring her to the field without her jumping up and down next to me. It's like now we have that connection, but really from inside and not by thinking, oh, I like her, I like her, that's not enough. You really need to feel the
0: love feel it yeah 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 and i i i totally understand what you mean because i feel this right now with 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 Queenie, my my six year old and it has changed right there was a time where we did not get along at all where she was just like stopping blocking rearing up and i couldn't get her to move forward and now we're at the yeah at a at a level that i could only have dreamed of so and and you know i have felt that shift in our relationship um so yeah i i i know exactly what you're talking about but it's uh, it's really cool and it's it's very I don't know how to express it. I, th- I think if that's something that you can help with people with and just discovering that energy and the relationship with horses, I think it's uh, amazing because I think uh, without that, you cannot really get anywhere in the sport. Or you must be the best rider in the world. like She can get anywhere with her <laughs> strong legs. <laughs> yeah but even though like like you say they can probably get them to a certain level but to get to that top level in the sport like yeah I do yeah she has a special connection with all her top
1: horses like you see that how she treats the top ones yeah but to a certain level she gets with her strong legs and riding skills and
0: yeah yeah no you you get far with that but I think when it comes to that like marginal gains let's say then um, yeah exactly I love it. Super. Uh, we got into a complete sidetrack, but it was a really good sidetrack, I feel. <laughs> um, If I were to go back to, you know, the whole mindset thing for you and and what is what that has done like differently in your writing. Uh, and if there's something that you feel you would want to tell other people, like more your, I guess, mindset journey, where you started, what's changed, if you've had some major realizations along the way that you would really like to share with people.
1: Well, it started actually really with you. You started talking to me in, in on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I still remember the first night when I signed up. It was a horror night. I didn't sleep, but okay. Um,
0: we I got been through, through there. it
1: all. <laughs> yeah. um, if you have um, 100 visits in one night, it was me that night on your Instagram profile checking. <laughs> she doesn't even have more than 10,000 followers. What did I do? Yeah, that was me. But then, um, yeah, it really changed me into a more positive kind Mm -hmm. of uh, person in every single area of my life. So we really focused on my business and my horse riding, Mm -hmm. but it did make some major changes in my personal life as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I cannot really say one thing that changed it all. It's just a complete journey and like getting back on my horse and, and feeling much more secure in everything that I do, also in my shiatsu treatments and and Mm -hmm. treating horses, even that got better purely by the mindset training that I followed. And ever since I'm listening to podcasts and reading books on mindset, and Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm I'm still learning every day. And I do (laughs) have to tell you that sometimes when I have a bad day, I'm like, imagine Jocelyn is sitting right next to you. What would you do? It helps me (laughs) to move forward. Or if I'm looking for excuses, I'm like, oh my goodness, if she was would be here right next to me, she would really kick my butt and say, come on, that's just an excuse. So I still imagine you quite a lot of times. I love that. I love
0: that. Just being, I, I feel like I'm sitting on your shoulder a lot of the time. But yeah, yeah. No, I, I love that. <laughs> that's that accountability also, I think, which is amazing. Eh? Just, just pretending that someone is there or having someone in reality, even me, like, you know, it's easy to tell someone else, but to have, you know, someone just calling you out on your bullshit that's, um, yeah, I think. It's yeah, super, accountability super is really the most
1: important thing. Like with the one-on-one coaching, you order every week. Mm-hmm. And I was panicking if I if I was thinking about, oh, no, tomorrow I have this call and I have to tell her that I didn't do it. Let's do it real quick tonight because I don't yeah. want to tell her I didn't do it. And then yeah. during PEP, we had these calls every week where you don't want to be in front of the group telling that you didn't follow
0: mm-hmm.
1: on, the, on the things that you say you were going to do. Yeah. Yeah, And I saw a a movie on Instagram a few weeks ago from Mel Robbins that just said, you're actually promising something to yourself and you're not keeping your promises. How would you act if somebody else would promise you that they would get up tomorrow without Mm -hmm. snoozing and they don't do it? You're doing the exact same thing. You're just lying to yourself. So how can you ever trust yourself if you start lying from the first thing in the morning?
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Was was that you told me that? Like a couple of weeks ago, someone told me that. I don't know if it was you or if, some, or if I saw it somewhere else, but that snoozing is breaking a promise to yourself before you've even opened your eyes.
1: Uh, I saw it also from Mel Robbins, but I don't know if I told it to you,
0: Robbins. Uh, <laughs> anyway. put that on, the, on her uh, Instagram page, yeah. It, I think it's an amazing one just and, and that has gotten me out of bed many times like I, I I put my phone away I don't even put it next to me but like that one time where I would have had my phone next to me and it goes off and I was just about to snooze and I think about that thing that like yeah like snoozing is breaking a promise to yourself before you've even opened your eyes in the morning that's literally what it is right because you had set this time to go out of bed and then you're not keeping that commitment to yourself yeah and that was my first exercise I got from you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: stop snoozing.
0: Stop snoozing. So I think that is such a funny story, yeah? because you, you've told this in Pep as well. Like, you know, I, I hopped on a coaching call with Jocelyn and the first like assignment I got was to stop snoozing. And I was like, oh, my God, what have I done? Have I set up to work with this yeah. person and all she's telling me is to stop snoozing. <laughs> but can you feel now, like, how how do you look at this now? In comparison, the way you looked at it back then?
1: Yeah, well, like we just said, if you snooze, you break a promise to yourself. Mm -hmm. But at that time, I didn't see it that way. I was just thinking, I asked you to help me to get back on my horse. And you're telling me not to snooze. I mean, I ride my horse in the evening and you're telling me not to snooze in the morning. It is not related at all. Like, (laughs) not at all. What is she telling me? Um, But now I, I, yeah, I feel it. I mean, I'm much more productive if Mm -hmm. everything goes easier, if you just start keeping your promises to yourself from the beginning. And if you say to yourself, I'm going to ride my horse this evening, Mm -hmm. don't find an excuse because again, you're breaking another promise to yourself. And it starts with the first one in the morning. 100%.
0: Yeah. I always say like the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So like you say, that is that that exact same promise that you're breaking in the evening where you're getting on your horse, whatever you're doing, like showing up in your business. It's everything is exactly the same. And it's just about getting into the habit and to, uh, getting into the habit of keeping promises that you make to yourself and such small things can be the trigger of like how you, the rest of your day is going to develop so I love and that everybody
1: who snoozes needs to admit that you feel bad when you snooze in the morning like you say yeah but i like to stay a little bit longer but yeah mm-hmm. but In the end, if you look deep down inside, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know that you feel bad about it. You're like, oh, I put my alarm at 6, it's 6.30 and I'm still not up, but I'm tired. So I'm going to stay a little bit longer, but I do feel bad about it. And that energy stays with with you the entire day. Everything is energy. So you take it with you everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And if you start like, oh, I didn't snooze. I'm so happy. You keep that energy throughout the day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that that goes into, like, let's say a competition or whatever. If you start about talking down to yourself, because you'd be like, oh, shit, I already failed at that. Like this day is already ruined. Then you go into a competition. Like, what does that do with your confidence? If you're already talking shit to yourself, like I couldn't even get out of bed on time. Yeah. And like what I had on my uh, previous horse show where you
1: were um, riding and you saw my (laughs) horse uh, running around the parking lot. I think a few or even last year without the coaching, I would have said, okay, just put her back on the lorry. We're going to practice some more at home because this Mm -hmm. is getting too dangerous. Uh, And I think just having this change in mindset, like, okay, something bad happened. But I mean, it was not inside the dressage arena. Mm -hmm. The judges don't even see me. Just Mm -hmm. get back on and prove that you're a good rider.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was with some shaking legs that I got back on, but I got (laughs) back on
0: yeah yeah I, I think that was that was a really cool moment because I was I was warming my horse for, for horse up for dressage and I saw this happening on the parking next to me and I saw you're gonna get up and your horse she started running away and she got loose and she almost ran to a ditch and it was like I was like oh my god like I really hope Sun is gonna get back on but I'm not sure like you know the sun that I you know used to know like yeah, last year she would never gotten back on. And I was like, oh, I'm really curious what's going to happen now. And there was like not a single moment of, I. it didn't look like there was any doubt there. Like you literally, you, go, you went, you grabbed your horse, took her back to the truck, got someone to hold it. And you literally just jumped on and rode into the dressage arena. And you were like, it was that it that never happened. And I was like, oh my God, Sun has changed so much. Like it, it yeah, it was a In my head, moment.
1: this moment took like forever. And there were all yeah. kinds of scenarios, Playing in my head and finding excuses not to get back on. Yeah. But I can imagine that from the outside it didn't look like I was dotting I was just waiting till somebody could catch my horse and <laughs> so get back on.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, you this happened and you get back on your horse, and she was obviously a bit spooky. I remember you asked me, can you just like ride before me, like yeah. a right circle? Because I thought turn her to the right, and we did. And and you know, you just ended up going in and riding this beautiful dressage tests like having started out like that but you were still able to really take control take your focus and go in and do the job which I think was incredible
1: yeah and that's for me the proof that I really changed that's one of the proofs because I did so much things where I was during the past year where I was thinking a year ago I wouldn't have done it this way I would be crying or just giving up or whatever so yeah that's a proof to me that everything changed Just by changing your mindset. Well, just, it's not an easy journey, but it's the simple thing that you have to change is your mindset and everything will follow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. So I know you said like, I can't really define like one thing because it's like, it's just so many small things that have changed. And that is the answer I get from most people where I'm like, you know, what has changed? Because, and the reason I ask is because I want to be able to give other people like some little thing to start with something that has like worked out for you so even if it was just like one thing that you feel has worked for you like what would you say it would be something that you can tell someone else
1: the goal setting like where you put your goals into smaller goals that you take your someday goal and Mm -hmm. divide it into smaller goals smaller goals and then like at this moment every morning I have this little I write it down because on an app it didn't work for me so I really Mm -hmm. write it down in in a booklet and every morning I set my goal for the day, but I always look back to my someday goal and my five-year goal and my one-year goal Mm -hmm. to make sure that the goal I set for
0: that day brings me at least one step closer to the main goal. I love that. That is, I this, I have the same thing actually. I have I have my whiteboard next to it. I literally have a quote saying, "Today I'm moving one step closer to my Sunday goal." Like it's yeah. just on there, and it just reminds you like that it's it's just about those small steps, like something that you can do on a daily basis. The fact that we're sitting here, we're recording this podcast episode right now. I think this is something that brings us both to, to one step closer to our Sunday goal, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. That is super powerful. And I think when you talk to people about goal setting, people will sometimes be like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever goal setting. Yeah, I know about." Goal Setting, but this is just—I don't know—it's just another way of looking at it, and it's so powerful. Just like breaking it down to those small pieces, and and just yeah, having that feeling of accomplishment. I feel like what 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 do you feel like is the—that's what it feels to me. Like just like I'm I'm accomplishing things. It feels good. Like
1: yeah, like like every day you feel like I got one step closer. I mean, that goal is not just a dream anymore. It became a real goal where I can work to. Yeah, because a goal without action is just a dream yeah. and it was my big dream and now it's my someday goal
0: yeah yeah first of all you, you got to tell us what your someday goal is but then second also it, it this this makes me think about that pep talk we had a while back when you spoke about your someday goal and you had completely changed the tone of voice in which you spoke about it you spoke about it with like such certainty it was no longer it had shifted from being a dream to being being this thing where you were like certain, I don't know exactly when it's going to happen, but it's
1: going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, my, my big someday goal is riding badminton. Um, and it feels like, I still remember the guy saying to me, you will never ride an international show. And I was like, watch me. And now I'm thinking like, watch me. It's not gonna be this year. It's not gonna be next year, but watch me. I mean, you will see my name on the start list of badminton one day, someday.
0: I love that. And that is exactly what I meant. And this is exactly the same certainness. You spoke about it in that call. And, and I think if I were to speak for myself, I think I feel like that the fact that you're taking action towards it and knowing that it's going to happen because you're taking that action, that's what's really changed my way of looking at my Sunday goal, because obviously mine is the same. And I feel that same feeling of determinedness because I know I'm working towards it every day. And so I know it's going to happen if I just like keep at it.
1: Yeah. Making a vision board is one thing, but Mm-hmm. Just looking at your vision board every day, it's going to do something with your mindset, mindset, mm-hmm. but it's not going to bring you there. But like yeah. really setting the goal and writing it down and splitting it up into small pieces and steps that you can take today because I cannot subscribe to badminton today. <laughs> I mean, that would be crazy. Yeah. But there are small things that I can do, like just don't snooze and clean my stables in the morning so I can ride my horse in the evening. It's something stupid, but that way I make sure that I can ride every day and I need to ride every day to get closer to badminton
0: yeah 100% yeah this is uh, this is so cool um I feel like we covered a lot um is there something I I have a bunch of questions I can still ask you but I realize that we're not going to get through all of them is there something that you feel like you would really like to share with people that we have not touched upon just yet
1: well mindset is everything but I <laughs> throughout the entire podcast but i mean it changed so much for me and you really need somebody to help you you're the the big step is hard by yourself you cannot do it by yourself you need some help from outside and Mm -hmm. once you're gone you can do it by yourself once you know how to do it and Mm -hmm. what to pay attention to you can keep going um and i think that your new concept of the mindex store is awesome Mm -hmm. for that because you don't have to take the entire program all at Mm -hmm. once but you can just take the pieces that sound interesting to you but I know that everybody will take one small piece and then think "Mm, it was so valuable maybe I should add another (laughs) one and another one and another one and just know that when you buy something from Jocelyn you get way too much value and don't think at the end of one week this is not working. It's just because it's too much. But look back at it at it, and do it again and again and again. And every time you relook the movies, you will find something else that you can take out of it and really implement. And you will find the things that help you and the ones that don't really help you. Um, but I do think that sometimes it's a little bit overwhelming because you give too much value. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So don't get scared if you buy something from Jocelyn and you get too much value. Just let it sink in and do it over and over again
0: until you find out what is helpful for you in that part. I love that. And first of all, thank you so, so much for your kind words that uh, I really appreciate that. And it's really exciting with this Mindex store. And that's like you say, that's the whole idea to make it sort of easier for people to take the step and get into it. Because like you also talked about, it can be scary, right? To step into something like that and make an investment like that. And I mean, I've done that myself. Like that's how I started off my own journey. I went into a program. I don't think I've talked about that on the podcast in the the, the past. I spent like money where I was like also lying awake a couple of nights. I was like, oh my God, what the hell am I done? But afterwards is like the best thing I've ever done because that's what started this whole journey not only for me but for you and all the other people out there if I wouldn't have been there like the brave one taking that step none of this would have ever happened so it's it's like afterwards it's so easy to look back and say of course like of course it makes sense I got so much value out of it but at that moment all you see is that money leaving your bank account and you're like oh my god what the hell did I just do yep um (laughs) yep i feel it <laughs> but i think that's also I still like-
1: remember that night like it was yesterday <laughs>
0: um yeah 100 and and that in the end also like bias remorse that's that's also just fear right that's what that's all what it is really it's just fear of like shit am i gonna be able to pay my bills am i i remember this guy when I stepped into this program, I literally told this guy, I was like, I'm actually afraid that I'm going to be able to like, I'm going to have to sell like my horses to pay for this program. And he's like, well, that's only going to happen if you don't give 110%. And that's sort of like, I got a bit like you as like, I'm going to prove, I'm like, I'm going to prove I can do this. And, and, you know, it worked out, but it's, it's really just fear. And I guess that's my point. It's just yet another way to work through it, push your comfort zone and, and really putting yourself out there. There was something else I wanted to say that you were also touching upon? Yeah, I feel like the thing with you, and I feel like, what's really worked because I've heard you say it so many times, and I'm not sure you're aware, but I just want to bring it to your attention. You're saying a lot of the time, "Prove it." Like I want to prove that I can do it. I want to prove it to other people. I want to prove, like, if and you hear that voice in your head, it's almost like I want to prove to that voice that I can do it. I see, I see, I see Jocelyn there. I hear Jocelyn on my shoulder, and I want to prove that I can do it. And I feel like just listening to you. I feel like that's a red thread, you know, like everything you've said is just a thing of like, I want to prove that I can do it. So it seems like that is your, your thing that you've found that is really working out for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I really want to show the world what I can do and yeah. that I'm, I can do it. I'll get there
0: Yeah. on my yeah. own pace, but I will get there. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Awesome. I, I love this son. Um, I was just going to the question, seeing if there's something else I wanted to ask you there's some million things I wanted to to ask you yeah do you have any like more like you talked about your Sunday goals obviously and uh are there any more like short-term goals like exciting stuff coming up in your life that you would like to share with us uh just to sort of prove also like you have that Sunday goal but then we have the intermediate goals and then we have our short-term goals like is there anything you want to share with us that's uh, happening in your life
1: um yeah I kind of want to work more on my business because I mm-hmm. feel like this gives me so much energy, even after a full day, full-time uh, day at work and I'm exhausted and I come home and I can treat some horses or some patients. Mm-hmm. I forget that I'm tired and it gives me so much energy. So I know that that really is what I love doing and what I want to keep doing. Um, so my one of my goals is to be able to quit my day job and to go fully into my business. I love that.
0: And does that have like a a deadline or is more like a manifestation that you're like, I'm putting it out there. It's going to happen. I don't know when, but it's going to happen. It is one of the five-year goals.
1: One Um, of the five-year goals. Yeah. And I am working on it and I feel like I'm getting closer to it uh, every month. Um, When I evaluate my goals, I'm like, okay, I'm getting closer to it.
0: Yeah. I love that. And that's another thing, actually, just like you know, tracking it and seeing the programs every single week or every single month that you're you're making towards that. Um, so yeah, just putting in there as well. Cool. Is there any sort of? Uh, we're obviously going to put your Instagram in the in the show notes. Is there anything anywhere else so people can look into your services, what you're doing, follow your journey? Uh, my website, but uh,
1: I'm working on a new one. So mm-hmm. I would say start checking out my website from January. Okay. My <laughs> deadline is the 1st of January. It needs to be online, the new one. Uh, so for now, just follow the Instagram and uh, from the 1st yeah. of January, check out my website. And uh, what is your Instagram name for everyone who wants to go in and follow you? It's Sun, so my first name, underscore this.
0: Yes. Yeah, super. And again, we're going to put that in the show notes. Cool. Uh, is it okay? Because I, I know in Pep as well, you've turned into this sort of mentor. And that's why I love about Pep as well. It's like everyone comes in there being like a starter, but then obviously you've gone through like round and you have a lot of experience, right? Because you started out one-on-one with me, you've gone through the first round of Pep, you've gone through the second round of Pep, and you've sort of turned into a coach yourself almost in this community, I feel, to other people. And I know we've had many Pep Talks where you have literally just been able to speak from your experience and had really powerful impact on other people um would it be okay if like people message you people feel that fear or like would you be all right with them sending you a message and sort of help them out sure there's just one thing I want to tell
1: to everyone, and that should be one of my new goals. <laughs> I am very bad at answering messages. So if I don't answer, please do stalk me until I answer. Please do. <laughs> it's not because I don't want to answer. It's just because I read messages and I'm busy with something and I'm saying I'll answer later and then mm-hmm. I forget. So one of my new goals should be answering people within 24 hours. But please do feel like you can stalk me until
0: you get your answer. Yeah, that's good. And now you just gave me one more point that we can work in. So I love that. Thank you for that. I was going to say, what can I hold you accountable to? That. <laughs> that. Okay. Answering messages within 24 hours. A... Yeah. And everyone has heard that now. So now you can't really get out of I it know. anymore. <laughs> that's amazing with accountability. Cool. Thank you so, so much, San. Uh I can't wait to see what you're going to achieve within your business, with your horse. And uh, I look forward to following your journey for
1: Thank you, and we'll see each other um, in Badminton.
0: We will, absolutely! (laughs)